<laughs> this is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today puts the capital I in international. She grew up in a farm in Ohio. She pursued her dream to be a great veterinarian. She's worked in animal emergency clinics in the United States, Australia, and the United Kingdom. And her thirst for knowledge has now led her to be part of a team creating a line of isotonic drinks to keep our dogs and cats hydrated and healthy. Please give pause and applause to the remarkable Dr. Ava Firth. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ava. Thank you, Arden. It's a great pleasure to be here to speak with you and all of your listeners. Yeah. And hey, pet pals, get ready to find out what this good doctor is up to and how she can bring out the healthy best in your pet. But first, it's time to take a quick commercial break. You guys know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually. Sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Hey, pet pals. Arden Moore here. Got dog? Of course you do. Our friends at Carlson Pet Products have some great products to keep your dog happy and safe. Let's start with their lineup of decorative and durable doorway gates. I have two and love them. They keep Kona and Emma out of the room where my cat's litter boxes are. Plus, they are easy to use and match my decor. Now, when you plan to travel with your pup or treat them to fun times outdoors, Carlson Pet Products offers an array of pet pens. They're lightweight, foldable, and tuck nicely in a carry bag for storage. You can also add an attachable canopy to create a shaded outdoor oasis for your dog. Nice. So please dash over to carlsonpetproducts.com today and pick the perfect gate or pet pen or both for your canine pal. Get 25% off your order plus free shipping using the promo code PETLIFE at carlsonpetproducts.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, listeners, you gotta really love Zoom, because right now, this show is being recorded with me in my backyard office in Dallas, Texas. My producer, Mark Winter, he's in his cool recording studio in South Florida. And our guest, Dr. Ava Firth, is coming from 
You ready for it? Nottingham, England. Bow wow. I mean, we're juggling a lot of time zones. What do you think about Zoom and the fact that you're at least you're up and it's past tea time, isn't it? In England, we're, we're calling we're, we're here recording in the morning. But what time is it right now, Dr. Ava? And we're five hours later in the day. Okay, so is it tea to, time compared in to Florida? Now? Yeah, it's, it's going on tea time, dinner time. Yep. So Nottingham's a great place, though. And there is still a Sherwood forest with a really big oak tree in the middle of it. Do you see the ghost of Robin Hood anywhere? Oh, you can totally imagine him hanging out there. I've been to England, only to London. I've never been to Nottingham. And my geography is failing me right now. So where is Nottingham in relation to London. It's a couple hours north and slightly east of London. So it's handy enough if you want to go to London, but it's out and away from the big hustle and bustle. So do they have all these uh, silly um, places to get Robin Hood trinkets? Oh, totally. They've actually, and like every good English city, there is a castle in the middle of it, in the middle of Nottingham on a big hill where you would put a castle if you could. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's actually just been renovated in the last year or so during the COVID year and uh, is open with a Robin Hood theme now. Well, I'll grab my tights and arrow and sometime when COVID's <laughs> not being a butthead, we'll uh, hopefully can get up to see you in Nottingham sometime. I think we'd have a blast. You would. We would. Hey, folks, I want you to know a little bit about Dr. Ava Firth. She's got a lot of Vanna White initials after her name. And that's because she is board certified in emergency and critical care veterinary medicine. You ready for this, guys? In the United States. Oh, and Europe. She also managed to found the first emergency and critical care service at an Australian veterinary school. We're talking about the University of Melbourne. But wait, there's more. She is also an expert in pet nutrition. And she's teamed up with Tenacity International. Hope I said that right. Tenacity, right? Tenacity. Tenicity. I'm going to tattoo it on my forehead. Tenicity International to create a lineup of isotonic drinks for cats and dogs with the goal to keep them hydrated and healthy. Whew, that's a lot you've done so far and you're not done yet. And uh, one question I have for you, Dr. Ava, when do you find time to sleep? <laughs> Mostly on the weekends. Okay. So we want to dive right in. And I think it's so cool that you're in Nottingham, England, but you're a Midwest gal. You grew up in a farm in Ohio. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Hopefully it was good. <laughs> this is called the old behave show, not, you know, dark, deep secrets from families. <laughs> no, it, it was a great childhood on a uh, farm in Northwestern Ohio near Lima, a uh, small 25 acres. I grew up raising Cocker Spaniel puppies with my mom. Yeah, I understand you already started uh, figuring out how to negotiate finances at a young age with the, the pups. Yeah. yeah, we ended up with three or four females. And so there was a litter of puppies pretty much all year round between the four of them. And I had to feed the pups and the dogs morning and night. And in return for that, my mom let me keep half of the puppy money. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it got me motivated. Is that what got you going, thinking I want to be a veterinarian? Or was there some other uh, lightning bolt of, of inspiration that said, this is my field? Oh, well, we, we had pigs and sheep initially. And um, I distinctly remember I had one of my childhood school friends over for a sleepover. 
And um, I went out to the barn to check on one of the sows and she was having trouble delivering a piglet. So I reached up inside and pulled the piglet out. My school friend was suitably horrified. <laughs> I'm sure. So um, is there anybody in your family that's either in the veterinary field or the medical field? I mean, are you the first one? My mom and dad were both farm kids, but okay. I was the first one in my family to actually go to university in the usual way. And we have to call it the Ohio State. Sorry, it isn't Ohio <laughs> State University. There's something with that, that T-H-E. What's the big deal with all you Ohio Staters? I think it's, well, it's pretty good marketing, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, Everybody, it is. <laughs> Got me talking about it. Whether or not they like it, you got to give them points. But that's a very reputable veterinary school. So, so you were a farm gal in Ohio and you probably had a little bit of the travel lust, right? You needed to get out of the Midwest. Is, I mean, what's the deal? Because you've been all over the globe. Oh, it never really was a big plan. I married a guy from Australia at a ridiculously young age. And uh, even before I was out of university. And uh, yeah, after university and vet school, we decided we'd go back to Melbourne for a year. And there it goes. <laughs> Yeah. Was he a veterinarian too? No, no. He he had a degree in biology, but uh, okay. mostly worked in IT. So you're in Australia and I'm sensing that um, you're not still married to him, but you're in Australia. So tell us about what was that like? I literally fell into my first emergency job in Melbourne, which was even back then, it was a city of 3 million people. So wow, it was a, it was a real shock to my system. Yeah, farm girl. <laughs> but because it was a big city, they uh, could support and needed uh, a proper emergency clinic to serve the population. And it had already been going for 10 years by the time I got there. And so it was well established. And it was just a wonderful training ground. You know, one year of emergency is probably worth three years of private practice in terms of the acutely ill patients that you see. And yeah. I fell into it and I loved it and I never looked back. Emergency medicine, that's that's a tough field. You can't freak out while things are happening. So the mental game is important, but you never know what's going to be tossed at you. So what are some of the things that you could share with others that will help them understand how you did this without freaking out? Sometimes we freak out, but only yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You have permission to freak <laughs> out later, right? Yeah. Oh, I think it's it's important always for veterinarians and, and all of us just to remember why we're there, why we're doing it. I loved emergency work because I could fix things and fix them fast. And it mattered that I was there. Yeah. I think that's your definition. I think you said on a, you were our guest on Meowie Hour, you were talking about, I love this, the slogan for ER vets, we fix it, we fix it fast, right? Yeah. Right care right now. That's the slogan of the oh, really? human, human intensivists, right care right now. So it matters. It matters that you're there and have deepest respect for the, the general practitioners who take care of the teeth and nails and skin and ears and diet work and phase and neutering and stuff. But it's preventive work. Yeah. And it's important. It's incredibly important. But when something goes wrong, yeah, well, you need people like me. And you got to call Dr. Ava. Well, give me a couple of examples. What were some things that might surprise people that you've done as far as help pets? I mean, there's always a dog putting something in their mouth that they shouldn't, and maybe a cat that thinks they're more agile than they really are. So can you share a couple? Well, one of the classics that occurred in Australia particularly was dogs eating snail bait. Oh. Because Australia is a very dry country, and they take 
However, they take the garden very seriously, like the English. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, and this is back in the early 90s. So everybody was still planting flowers and trying to water them and trying to keep the snails from eating them. So, okay. And the snail bait then was in a cereal base and the dogs would just go along and go. <laughs> then they'd turn up at the clinic, you know, anywhere from an hour to four hours later with uh, convulsions and seizuring and hyperthermia and need to have the stomach pumped. And wow. We got good at it. I wrote my first papers on snail bait. Yeah. And I'm, I'm laughing because snails can't sneak in on a farm. You know, they, they kind of move a little slow. So you would hope that they had a different way of dealing with them. What about kitties? What's something you've had to deal with with cats? Uh, the biggest thing with cats in, in Melbourne was, was trauma. Hit by a car? or Just hit by a car. Yeah, hit by a car. Swiss kitty. Well, they're probably like us. They're like, why are they driving on the wrong way? Aren't they? <laughs> Yeah. I looked left and I should have looked right. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, with with cats, I got very good at fixing collapsed lungs. And I can still remember the first time I ever had to take out a kidney because the cat was bleeding out through its kidney. Do they have one kidney or what's the deal on cats? Oh, they have two kidneys. They're like people. They can do just fine on one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So how did you go from Australia to, I think you spent some time in Minnesota and then you're now in England. Did I get this right? Yeah, quite right. Quite okay. right. We moved back to Minnesota with my husband and after a stint at University of Melbourne. I'd kind of been in Australia for 11 or 12 years at that point. And thought maybe it was time to go back to America for a while. Had a good offer from University of Minnesota. And that was quite the adventure. And then I ended up actually working on the software development team for the hospital, trying to make a good hospital management system. Wow. Found out that I think quite naturally in databases. Yeah, me not. <laughs> databases, no thank you. Well, then, you know, my son was 10 or so around then, and, um, and he needed some time with his schooling. So I basically worked part-time, so doing disaster relief, epidemics, both in the United Kingdom and America for the mm -hmm. avian influenza, or Newcastle disease, I think it was then. Okay. And uh, the stint in the United Kingdom made me realize how beautiful it was. So when I got the chance to take a break in 2004, I decided, oh, I'll go to England for a year, quote unquote, a year. It's kind of like the three-hour tour, a three-hour tour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've been in England since 04. Yeah, 17 years now. A long year. Yeah, but so you resumed doing ER and critical care, correct? Yeah, yeah. I was going back to my roots, uh, having been in university and, and done the other stuff. So I thought, I'm going to go back to my roots and just be in the ER doc again. And I was lucky enough to land a job with a good company startup back then called Bets Now. And uh, yeah. I didn't really tell them when I was applying. I mean, I didn't hide it, but I didn't make a big deal about the fact that I was a board certified specialist. <laughs> That's a pretty big thing. This I'm not playing poker with you, man. You you got the poker face. <laughs> and uh, so I was I was doing after hours in Canterbury, England, treating dog fights and things. And eventually, after a year or so, they figured out they had a boarded specialist on staff and put me in charge of the training program. <laughs> All right. Well. When we talk about dog bites, and this is no laughing matter, sometimes if you could share a little bit, because as you know, I do teach pet first aid. It's a veterinary approved program with Kona, my dog, and Casey, my cat. But 
The thing I've seen when I work with my ER vets here, because I'm mentored by them, is people think that, oh, I see the little puncture marks here on the side of the, the muzzle, but they forget the anatomy of the jaw, which could be in a fluffy, scruffy dog. There could be the other canine coming. So can you tell us a little bit about any tips for people if their dog does get in a dog fight and they lost? <laughs> And uh, they're getting yeah. bitten or even worse, the little dogs that get shaken. Big dog, little dog. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit to help people? Because we hope this never happens to anyone, but it's definitely an, a vet visit pronto. Sure. There's two major things. And let me just digress a little bit. Okay. When you go to an ER and you're a trauma patient, the first thing you're going to do is take off all your clothes. Yeah. Well. So they can see where all the marks are. Yep. Now, dogs haven't got clothes, but they've got hair. So the first thing I'm going to do when you bring your dog into me with a, even one little puncture wound is I'm going to clip the hair. Good, good. And okay, not everybody's got a set of dog clippers or is comfortable using electric clippers, but that's what needs to happen. You need to clip the hair and see where all the holes are. And what you said about there's normally two holes is exactly right. Yeah. The second part of that is what you see is only the tip. Dog bite wounds are an iceberg. Oh, what a great line. Yeah. And dogs have a lot of loose skin compared to humans. So there's, especially on their head and neck, and that loose skin is a great space for festering. And it's a big space with a little hole, which will actually try to seal up in a couple of days. Yeah. And then you've got germs from the mouth. You've got germs trapped under the skin. And a week later, you're going to have one good God almighty abscess. And depending on the size of the canine tooth, the fang, that is the biter and the size of the dog, the bitee, you could even nick an organ. Couldn't it get down past the layers of skin and nick an organ? Oh, yeah. There's a classic piece to that classic wound called big dog, little dog, BDLD. Okay. And that's what we write on the records. And it's when the chihuahua gets chewed on by the German shepherd over the back, over the top. And quite often the teeth will actually puncture the chest and create a collapsed lung. Wow. I call my little dog's purse my rides because they usually ride in a purse. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, and I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I'm just trying to let people understand there's a lot of hot mess going on under the skin that you may not know that's starting to bubble up. And the other one is if a little dog does get shaken by a big dog that grabs them by the scruff, isn't there, there's a lot of trauma going on too. Go to the vet. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Go to the vet. Yeah. And the same thing happens with cat bites and the cat bite abscess. Those are classics. Again, they're often unwitnessed and the owner doesn't particularly know there's a hole, but it'll do the same iceberg thing. The little hole will be infected with germs and then five days, five days later, you've got a, a bubble of pus. And a cat that acts like Satan. Yeah. And the cats are not happy cats. <laughs> <laughs> One time, this is true. I had two cats and uh, they were on one of these uh, cat trees, two levels. And my cat, Callie, okay, a calico, I wasn't that original on the name. Callie had a startle awake, fell down, landed on my black cat, Murphy, and did a startle bite on Murphy. These are oh. both mellow cats. And I heard something like, meow, meow, meow. And then it was over. I didn't think anything of it. I did not witness. And then all of a sudden, my most mellow cat, Murphy, turned into, you know, Cujo of cats. Oh my gosh. And there was this red swelling. It was the abscess and everything. And they found the puncture wound from Callie's fangs. They loved each other, but it was a startle response. 
Yep, it happened. Hey guys, we're speaking with Dr. Ava Firth and we've covered some of the ER uh-ohs that she has uh, masterfully uh, helped relieve pain in pets. Now, after the commercial break, we're going to shift over to what she's doing now. And it's really important, guys. We need our pets to be having good hydration. It sounds like a good vibration, but I'm not going to break into a song. Don't worry. Don't worry. So everybody just sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Is your dog or cat prone to ear infections? Does your pet resist having his ears cleaned when they're inflamed or irritated? Are you also concerned about the overuse of antibiotics? Help is here. Zymox Ear Care products offer soothing relief. And hey, you're going to love this part. They don't require the ear to be cleaned before you apply the drops. It's as easy as fill, rub, and done. That means less touching of those sensitive ears to help create a soothing, fear-free experience. Apply just once a day. Zymox gets its effectiveness from enzymes not antibiotics. That means no side effects and no antibiotic resistance. You can find these veterinary recommended products at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty retailers, and online. And here's a real treat. Yeah, I did say the word treat. Save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine product on Zymox.com. Just use the code ARDEN20 at checkout. That's ARDEN20. To learn more, visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X.com. Pause up. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is John O'Hurley reminding you you're listening to the O Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're chatting with Dr. Ava Fur. She's in Nottingham, England. Jealous, yes, jealous, where she is uh, part of a team for, I'm going to say it wrong again, Tenacity. 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 Tenacity International. And I can personally attest, I have not, well, I did take a gulp of both and I thought it was okay, but my cats and dogs are getting hydrated with a lineup of products that uh, are called Doggy Raid, R A D E, Kitty Raid and tummy raid. And I want to get into this because we know your prowess in ER, but you're also very knowledgeable in pet nutrition. And so how did you make the transition from ER to drink up kitties and doggies? (laughs) Uh, It started because all my ER ICU patients would lay there trying to get well for three or four days and, you know, fixing their collapsed lung or their broken pelvis or whatever else was going on. But we realized, and not just me, that the entire ER that world realized that if you leave that intestine empty for three or four days and then you try to feed them, it's just going to go, well, if not wrong, it's going to go very slow. Yeah. And so I worked to develop basically a, what they call a microenteral nutrition. And so it's- Oh, yeah, that was at the tip of my tongue. Micro what? Microenteral, so enteral for intestine. 
Okay. And what we decided was just to feed the intestine, not worry about calorie counts on the rest of the dog or cat for a few days, but just keep the intestine ticking over. And that formed the basis of the drinks that are now Doggy Raid and Kitty Raid. And you've, you've talked a little bit about when it comes to dogs and cats, each species has its own, we got to take care of. So let's talk about the doggy gut and the kitty saying, uh, no, thank you, when the water bowls around. Yeah, excellent. Let's talk with dogs first. Dogs are very, very good at getting gastroenteritis. I think 90% of the dog owners will tell you, yeah, my dog vomits every so often and he has, she has loose stools or diarrhea sometimes. And doggy gas, which is very awful. Yeah. And some of that's because they're scroungers and scavengers. And what we put together is a combination of things that can help that. So first, what we've done is we've taken the concept of broth. We've taken the concept of prebiotics. We've taken the right balance of electrolytes and the amino acids that really support the intestine. And we've rolled them all up into one delicious. It actually tastes good. Yes, I, I, I can testify. I, I did try them. They weren't as good as like a Moscow mule, but that's a whole new story. But yeah, but they were good. Yeah. But they're, they're flavored with real chicken, but the chicken's really hydrolyzed, so, which means it's cooked, cooked, cooked. So it's not going to cause any chicken allergies. You know, when you say chicken byproduct, sometimes that means feathers and feet, but ours are actually real bits of real chicken. And I want to make sure people know it's doggyraid.com, but it's D-O-G-G-Y-R-A-D-E, correct? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, and because uh, it's radio, so I want everybody's ears listening, uh, tuning in. So that's good because there's also, a, you have three of them. There's a kitty, doggy, and yummy, all raids. Move over, Gatorade. This is much better. So what about the kitties? Because I have cats, and I can see my two dogs, no problem, going to the water bowls. We have water bowls in different locations. We replenish them every day. But the kitties are like, not really thirsty today. I'm a camel who purrs. So can you tell yeah. us a little bit about why it's so important for folks that have cats to pay attention to make sure that they're getting uh, properly fluid in them? Sure. The cats, I think we said in, in Meow Hour, we agreed that cats have a drinking problem. Yeah. Yeah. A different kind <laughs> than some people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically, most of them don't drink enough. Some of them get enough water to survive through their wet food particularly, but cats with dry food definitely need supportive help. Water is great. Everybody does need water, but cats are picky about their water. They want their bowl to be fresh water. They want it to be probably ceramic or glass, probably not the old-fashioned kind of plastic that gives you that plastic taste. Uh, they like it to be cold, which is why they're always drinking out of the rainwater puddles and, and the toilet and the kitchen sink because it's fresh and cool and, and clear. But they often don't succeed. And we know from all the big data out there that one in three cats are going to have some sort of kidney issue or bladder issue. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you're talking about that because as our kitties get older, kidneys seem to be the culprit of the cause of death is kidney failure. That's a big one. So how can something like kitty rate, how do we pump up the uh, interest in our drinking problem felines? Well, we've created a drink that cats actually like, and they like it more than water. We've done studies, uh, palatability trials in both the Netherlands and Pennsylvania, so both sides of the yeah. pond. Yeah. 
And the cats drink anywhere between three and nine times more kitty rays than they drink water. That's nice. That's nice. And this is, we started the whole show putting the eye in international. So this is just right up your wheelhouse because this product is available all over. Yeah, we're selling everywhere from Hong Kong to Belgium to Denmark to England and to Ohio. Now, now it's on Amazon in the USA. Well, I mean, this is kind of good. I mean, cats are really becoming, uh, they're enjoying the 21st century. I think there's a lot of millennials that are digging cats and just go to Instagram and you'll see, you know, cats are very big in Instagram and it's cool to have a cat, but it's even more cool to have a healthy cat, right? Exactly. So I think this is something that's long overdue. Things that cats and dogs can have to help their gut and to keep them hydrated because we talked about the kidneys, but the little cells in all of our bodies need to stay hydrated. Yeah. Adults, dogs, cats, and humans are 80% water. Wow. And so you need a certain amount of water every day. And in fact, some people think that hydration is not really an issue, particularly for dogs in the winter, but the average humidity in the, let's say, Midwestern heated house in the winter is anywhere between 5 and 15%, unless you do right. something active about it. And that's drier than the Sahara Desert. Oh, okay. So the airways dry out. That's why you wake up in the morning with maybe a dry nose or dry skin. You know, we notice these things in ourselves in the winter. And the same things happen to the dogs and cats. So that they need to be hydrated. And water is not necessarily enough. Now, what's the 411 on any pets that you have? <laughs> well, up until COVID uh, year of 2020 and now 2021, I was traveling a lot for work. Right. So luckily, I have a neighbor's cat named Ralph who comes <laughs> to my window about nine o'clock every morning to my office window. And he's currently upstairs asleep on the sofa. This kitty, he has two residencies. Oh, yeah. He, his, his real people live next door to me. And then I have some other former neighbors who have two young dogs, a cheeky little cockapoo named Ozzy and a magnificent Malinois shepherd cross named Sirius. Yeah, well, that dog is a perfect name. Yeah, and um, he's about 85 pounds now and 11 months old. So. Oh, he's still got ways to go. So you're the cool pet aunt. I am Auntie Pet Ava. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think this is so cool that this cat, neighbor cat, just comes in and says, Hey, how's it going? I'm I'm gonna go check out your pillow now. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of markings does Ralph have? Ralph is a beautiful black and white oh, tuxedo. with a with a he's got a little white chin and a good cat. Impeccable coat. Well, we in the United States miss you because of all the contributions you've been doing, but you've gone global. And now you're part of a team that's helping pets all over the world. Not a bad statement for a gal that grew up on a 25-acre farm in Ohio. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Any parting message you want to say? And let's make sure we get the, uh, the websites out there. Well, you can look forward to getting your hands on Doggy Raid and Kitty Raid. They're already on Amazon, as I said. Uh, there is a Doggy Raid Pro for veterinary patients and there oh, will be okay. a, there will be a kitty raid pro coming soon. We're also working on digestive kit for when your dog actually does have an upset tummy. Oh, good. And um, and they only have it on your beautiful new rug. Oh yeah. They never totally. make it on the hardwood. 
I mean, I hear it and I'm like, I used to be, you know, a softball player, with quick reflexes. I can hear the gag, the cough, and I'm, and I just milliseconds and they land on the rug. Yeah. Regular hydration, regular gut health, you know, not just when the sick. Yes. That's the thing about I've learned is it's not just when you're sick. You got to take care of your critters all the time. Well, that brings back to preventative and uh-oh medicine, which you are very good at both. <laughs> Thank you. I've really enjoyed speaking with you, everyone. This is Dr. Ava Firth. Check out Doggy Raid, Yummy Raid, and Kitty Raid. And make sure your pet's getting good, clean, fresh water. And like she mentioned, kitties are not fans of plastic bowls. They smell funky and they have a better sense of smell than we do. So don't give them funky water, right? Exactly. And uh, give a big pause up to uh, your pseudo cat, Ralph, the neighbor cat that loves you. That says something. If I'm a cat and I know she's an ER vet and I still want to sleep in, in her house, that means that she's pretty good at what she does. I think you passed the cat test. <laughs> Thank you. And everybody, uh, go check out Ardenmore.com if you will. And uh, check out every Wednesday night, we do host Meowie Hour. It's presented by the Cat Fancier Association, where I also create kitty cocktails. Dr. Ava Firth was on the show, and so was Mark Winter, the executive producer of Pet Life Radio. And we finally got him in front of a camera, which is hard to do because he's very comfortable behind a microphone. I hope you check out all the shows on Pet Life Radio. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.